What is up, everybody? This is Dr. Tyler here, and welcome to the Healthy Fit and Pain-Free Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Tyler here. Healthy Fit and Pain-Free Podcast. This is a podcast where we give practical and implementable, no BS ways to get back to doing the things you love with the people you love. And today, I want to talk about road rage, okay? Um, so, the title of today is Why Road Rage is Killing Your Health, or Sabotaging Your Health, for that matters. So, we were talking about road rage the other day in a session, and this really s- stuck out to me, and I kind of wanted to dive into this a little bit. So, let's start off with a little story, shall we? So, once I worked for a company, and I had a boss who is, had an extremely short fuse. Uh, this guy, I mean, he just exploded in anger at every little thing. And one day he tells us a story that he was on his way to work and he was at a traffic light and there was a vehicle in front of him and this vehicle was stopped. The light turns green, the guy's on his phone and my boss starts blowing the horn at him. The guy is still not moving. He blows his horn out again. The guy still doesn't move. Finally, the guy throws up a finger at him. So again, very short fuse, jumps out of the truck, runs up to the guy, and the guy pulls out a gun. Now, luckily that guy was only threatening him and wasn't completely crazy, but there's a chance that you could run into someone being that crazy. Talk with my wife about this a lot because, um, you know, I I don't have road rage. I am typically stay pretty patient behind the wheel. My wife, on the other hand, not so much. So, a few statistics for you with road rage. So, surprisingly, of people admit to having road rage, okay? So think about it. There's only 18% of people like myself, not saying I'm perfect, but like myself who have not experienced road rage. Otherwise, 82% of people experience road rage. Now, along with that, 66% of accidents are due to rage, anxiety, or um, aggressive driving behavior. So that is crazy. Think about that. 66% of the accidents happen are due to aggression. Okay. So why do we experience road rage? So I looked this up. There's obvious answers that we have, but whenever I was researching a little bit for this podcast, it came up, you know, there was actually, I can't remember the name of it now and forgive me. Um, but I think the guy's name was Lee. He did a, he was, he's a psychologist and he did a blog about it. And, you know, the reason being that we experience road rage is because when we are in traffic, for one, we're stuck in a vehicle. So there's really no chance for us to just run away, to jump off. You know, if, if we're, if it was a bike or they even use the example of a horse, um, whichever, if it was something like that, you know, Whenever you're experiencing danger, you can always flee the scene. When a car, that's not necessarily the case. You could, sure, but not not as easily. So whenever we're in a car and we go through, you know, someone pulls out in front of us, someone stops, uh, someone doesn't use a turn signal, someone flips us off, we go through that, that, that experience leads us to what's called the fight or flight, which we all know the fight or flight. Um, we can either flee the scene and be scared, or we can stay and fight. Well, unfortunately, whenever you're in a vehicle, there's nothing you can really do to that. Uh, you have to stay in your vehicle, and the only thing that you can do is throw your hands up 
is yell, is punch your steering wheel, do whatever. Throw something out the window at them. <laughs> um, it's really the only thing you can do. The other thing, too, with road rage is it's, it's a control thing. So, you know, if we don't have control of what's going on in the car, that also puts us in a rage. And, I mean, we think about this. There's, there's a lot of things in our life that are like that, too. Um, if you order at a restaurant, you go there, and they mess up the order. Nothing makes us more angry. And, yes, it's inconvenient, but really it just comes down to the fact that we don't have control of what's going on in that kitchen like we do at home. Um, for other things, you know, at work, if there's people that aren't doing their job, we don't have control of that. That makes us angry. And if you, you know, we've, my, Ryan and I talk about this all the time, but if you really want to know what your three big values are, think of the three things that piss you off the most. And typically it's because those things are going against your values. The, the reverse of that would be your values. The other thing too, and this is the bitter pill to swallow, is we have a sense of entitlement. Now, entitlement is an interesting word nowadays, especially me as a millennial. Entitlement gets thrown around a lot, um, you know, about the younger generation, how we're so entitled. But really, entitlement's everywhere. If you've ever complained about the weather, that's a sense of entitlement because you believe that the weather should be nice for you and what you have planned for that day. Um, if you know, someone is late to a meeting or someone is, or, you know, if your food gets delivered late to your house and you complain about that, sure, it's, it's a problem. You know, you don't want to see that again, it's another inconvenience, but that is a sense of entitlement because you are yourself thinking that you are the only person right now in that person's life and they should be responding appropriately to that. Um, and so, and this, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they brought this up is how we, we tend to think that we're the, actually it was this morning I listened to a podcast and we, the, and Darren Hardy, if you've ever heard me talk about him, he was talking about how, you know, if we have bosses in our life or if we have, um, if you own a business, you have customers and everything, we need to understand that we are not the only thing in their lives and they are not the only thing in our lives. And we tend to miss out on, you know, the studies show we discount 60% of what the other person does because we don't see what they do on a day-to-day -day basis. And so it's because we are all entitled. We are. We are all entitled on a certain amount, and we need to be very aware of that. So going back through fight or flight in a car, we can't go anywhere. We're stationary. We don't have control. There's a little of sense of entitlement if we're being honest with ourselves. And so that's why we experience road rage. Now, here's where road rage, uh, this is where we kind of dive into the weeds a little bit. This is where road rage can really affect our health. So whatever, so I also want to add on to this definition of road rage. So typically road rage doesn't happen just out of the blue. It's kind of like a volcano getting ready to erupt, if you will. There's always a, you woke up late, or your kids woke up early, or your kids needed more of you that day. There is, you forgot to pack your lunch. The coffee spilled everywhere on, on your way out the door. Uh, you forgot to put gas in your car. Your tire was low. There's always some preceding thing leading up to your road rage. 
And then you're already late for work. You get stuck in traffic. Believe me, I, I used to I used to commute um, fifty minutes fifty minutes to an hour to work every day at my one job, and I was I would be stuck in traffic every single day, stuck in traffic, and you know it's going to happen. Like it's the same spot every single day that you are stuck in traffic, and you know it's I wouldn't say it's a dead stop, but it's def it's moseying along, and you would just see people all the time yelling, cussing, swearing, just pissed off. And that's because something else made them late that day, probably themselves and their alarm clock. And that is why they're, they're already angry. And so this is just what spills over. That's the only control they have is what they can say in the car. During that then is whenever you're experiencing this, you start thinking about all the things that went wrong today and then all the things that went wrong yesterday. All the things that went wrong this week, possibly this month, hell, possibly this year. Then it starts building up that anxiety. And we all know, we've talked about that anxiety really leads into worries of the future. And so you start thinking about the future. So for instance, let's say you're, you know, you've had a tough week. Um, you know, your kids haven't really been sleeping, which means you haven't been sleeping. Um, you know, you're trying to lose weight. You have a fitness goal that you're just not meeting because you've been so busy that your diet hasn't really been on point, so you feel like crap. Um, you're not sleeping well because you're irritated, and maybe your spouse is irritated or your partner is irritated. You guys are taking it out on each other, so there's already emotions there. You're on your way to work. So because you're tired, you overslept. You're late for work because you're late. You're running out the door. Your coffee's spilling everywhere. Um, you spilled a little bit on your shirt, so that makes you mad. Now you're stuck in traffic. Well, because you're stuck in traffic, you're thinking about, I'm going to be late for work. And because you're going to be late for work, there's a chance that you could get in trouble or reprimanded or even worse, fired. And if you get fired, well, how are you going to supply for your family? Your family who's already, you know, you're already irritated with up to this point because of all the things that happened. Now that's even more anxiety to add to it. So, there's the other cascade of thoughts that goes thrown into it. Now, the thing that we also don't think about is how much this is impacting others around us. So let's say you get stuck in traffic multiple times that week. This could also, you know, with your spouse, we've talked about earlier about you, you know, you're getting in little arguments with your spouse. This will add to that. You're already irritated with them. Because you're irritated, your stress is going to go up, which means you're going to be more irritable at work, which also means that... You know, you're going to probably not sleep as well at night. Your stress level is going to be elevated. So you're going to take it out on the people. You're going to take it out on your spouse or your partner. You're going to take it out on your kids, your family. You're going to take it out on your coworkers, which your coworkers are probably going to something very similar as you. So they're going to take it out on you um, and as you take it out on them. And then even worse, you take it out on um, – the people that you're that are also around you driving, where road rage comes in, um, and this and pe we don't really don't think about, it, but this affects so many people throughout our day. Like we run into so many people, and all you got to do is be angry with one person, and you have just ruined that person's day. All you have to do is cut off that one person because you're in a hurry, and you've pissed off that person for today. Um, even someone delivering your food, if you just snatch it, don't give them a tip because you're already mad, 
You've just ruined their day. And again, this is not to make you feel bad for having road rage, but it's really helping us to think about our actions and how we can prevent from being in the situation in the first place. Fun fact here, 66% of people believe they are good drivers. How I managed to get two 66% in one day, I have no idea, but that is the case. 66% of people. Um, in reality, one-third of us are actually decent drivers. One-third to maybe 50%, but it's it's even less than 50%. So think about that. There's 6% of people are, well, I would say of the 66% who think they're good drivers, a third of them probably are. Um and you'll see where I go with this later on. So, in you know, kind of transitioning into how road rage really affects our life, we got to think about what's called the wheel of life. So, the wheel of life is our health in regards to our physical self, our financial self, our business or occupational self, our mental self, the lifestyle, spiritual self, families, and relationships. So as we talked about earlier, you know, again, let's go back to the, the example I was using. If you let road rage or you let the stresses of your day affect you, this is how it's going to affect. This, this is the outcome that could potentially happen. So physical. You're stressed out from work. You're stressed out from family you fail to prepare meals or, you know, um, or have like a healthy lunch prepared, you are going to eat poorly. And by eating poorly, your health is going to be affected. You're not going to have the energy. And so you're not going to want to work out. And so physically, you're not going to be at full, be able to go full tilt. Not to mention that if you are stressed out, if you are tired, that your body, again, we've talked about before, your body doesn't really know the difference between physical and mental stress. It is just stress. And the more stress you put on, the less you can handle physically. Financially, if you, you know, it, we talked about if you are late, if you keep being late for work because of traffic, you are going to set yourself up for financial hardships if you keep taking in your anger and throwing it on your boss um you know you run the risk there and then also you know if if mentally you are not there it will affect you financially as well um business or work wise kind of the same thing um you know there is a difference between the two but for the sake of of making this easy yeah um we can see how our wheel of life can be affected there Mentally, huge one. If we're stressed out, if we're not eating well, if we're not sleeping well, uh, if we're constantly angry, irritable, anxious, mentally our health is not going to be in the right place. Lifestyle. If you, you know, if you start impacting those relationships around you, then you're not going to have – those people aren't going to want to be around you. They're not going to hang out with you. If you're constantly complaining and talking about all the things that are wrong in your life, it's going to affect your lifestyle. Also, if you are always trying to play catch up, you're not going to be able to have the lifestyle that you want. You're not going to be able to go on vacations. You're not going to have the getaways that you want. You're not going to be able to spend the proper time with your family. This leads into family. 
is, again, with the example earlier, if you're constantly in an irritable mood, you take it out on your kids, who will then take it out on you, and then you'll take it out on your kids or your partner, your spouse, your friends, all that stuff, your, even your, your parents and siblings. Uh, and this goes into relationships as well. This segues into relationships. You know, if we're constantly letting our anger and our, um, our lack of preparation put us in situations where we're in an irritable mood or we're being unhealthy towards those around us, it's, it's going to affect, you know, and remember it's not a bad thing to vent to your friends. That's why friends are there. Friends are there to support you through hardships, through thick, through thin. At least they should be. Um, it shouldn't be conditional or situational. But you don't want to be or make everybody, everybody your punching bag. If you are constantly um, – if you're constantly venting the people and constantly going to them with your problems, eventually that wears out. You know, We forget that – when we when we rant to someone, we're actually putting our emotions onto that person. And some people will take what you say to them and they'll start reflecting on themselves and then that'll create stress and tension in them. Not all the time. Um, sometimes people can just let things roll off them, but that's not all the time. And again, I'm not saying you shouldn't be able to rant or vent or talk with your friend that there's a problem in their life, but just understand that there could be repercussions if this keeps happening. Finally, spiritually, um, not to dive too far into this one, depending on what your beliefs are, but um, spiritually, if you are just not, if you, again, this comes this entitlement and we, we're, we're humans are self-centered people. And with us being self-centered, we believe that we are center of the universe. If we disconnect the fact that there is possibly a higher being then we make ourselves, we become self-centered, we become egocentric, and again, it increases that sense of entitlement. And not saying that being spiritually can't increase that entitlement, but you know, this is where it all kind of comes back into play. So, in regards to health, how exists, you know, we've talked about the wheel of life and how it's healthy there, but we always like to end this show on three takeaways, and I'm kind of going to be a little bit more premature with this and dive down these three takeaways. So the first one is being proactive versus reactive. So if we go back to the previous example that I used of, you know, you, you know, your kids aren't sleeping, so you're not sleeping, you're getting up later. Well, be, it's all about being proactive versus reactive. This is why meal prepping is so important. And again, I'm not going to go on a, on a tirade here, but Meal prepping is important because you are now prepared, hence meal preparation. Um, if you, you know, on Sundays, I always, when I talk with a lot of our members, I say, you know, Sunday is a very important day because just 15 minutes of preparation on Sunday can really save you a lot of headache and a lot of anxiety throughout the week. If you sit down on Sunday and you, if you meal prep on Sunday, you have all your meals there. Now, granted, that takes longer than 15 minutes, but still, you're preparing appropriately. Or even just sit down and figure out what you're going to eat for the week to know or even order out from to know like when you can make those healthy choices. Um, also, you know, planning your workouts, planning on when your, your activity, your exercise, when you're going to do that throughout the week. That's important. When you're going to spend time with your family, when you're going to spend time with yourself, 
when you're going to spend time with your partner. These are things that you can do on like at you know at the beginning of the week to prep yourself because otherwise it becomes reactive. Otherwise it becomes, well, I don't feel like working out today. I'm too tired. Well, you know, I need to get lunch and I'm really in the mood. <laughs> Claire and I were talking about truffle fries earlier. So I'm really in the mood for truffle fries. So you, you know, you get truffle fries and a burger from somewhere, which is going to put you in a hole for the rest of the day. I know it would for me at least. Um, and if you don't plan out things with your kids, it's going to end up that your kids come up to you when you're the busiest throughout the week and they're going to ask you to do something and you're going to tell them no. And that's going to affect, you know, that, that family part of the wheel of life. If you don't plan out time with yourself, you're not going to get that time with yourself. And then eventually you're going to be angry because the week's going to go by and you had no time for yourself. So these are all things that happens if we don't plan things out, if we're not more proactive. Because again, we end up just being reactive and this is where emotions take place. And we all know that when we listen to our emotions and we're not logical, not always the best. <laughs> our emotions are not always our best guide. I'll just say that. Um, and again, you know, we, we need to prepare. We need to prepare for good sleep. We need to prepare for um, just getting ourselves, you know, not staying up too late and watching TV, not staying out and having a bunch of drinks at a, at an impromptu happy hour, you know, by preparing appropriately, uh, our performance will be a lot better. Number two, don't be entitled. Now, <laughs> this is a very broad statement, yes, but what I mean by that is understand that there are other people in our community, in the universe, at work, at home, they all have their own problems that they are going through. The guy that pulled up that pulled out in front of you at the stop sign this morning he has his own problems he might be going through the exact same problems as you and the worst part is you probably pulled out in front of somebody else earlier and didn't even think about it or realize you did it because you're thinking about your own problems so understand that you only understand probably 40% of what other people are doing or going through so don't be entitled. You know, the many times we take things personally. Most of the time, things don't happen to personally affect us. The weather doesn't happen to personally affect us. Traffic doesn't happen to, that to personally affect us. Um, even your boss doesn't throw throw down. You know, throw all of these projects on your lap because they hate you. Maybe they do. But most time it's not. They're just trying to save their own, their own arse, <laughs> if you will, to uh, to get to do better with their job. So, and if that is the case, again, going off of the podcast list to this morning, if that is the case, just explain to them all that's going on with you, and then try to add to the pool of dialogue between both of you to create a common solution so that you both win. Win, win. Right. Number three, be truthful with your dedication. And what I mean by that is, so I said I would come back to this, 60% of people believe they are good drivers. What I mean by this is, and I'm in a mastermind group and they talked about this last week and I thought this was a really good point. So if... You know, one of the biggest problems that people have 
or the biggest struggles, challenges, whatever you want to call them, that people have when it comes to diet is they're really good throughout the week. Most people, unless they eat out a lot throughout the week, are pretty good with their diet. It's the weekend that kills everybody. It's Thursday night happy hours. It's going out to eat Friday after work for a few too many drinks. It's Saturday you just grab what you can while you try to get everything in. It's maybe brunch on Sundays or even if you you behave on Sundays, there's, you know, it's at least from Thursday until Sunday. Well, if you're only good with your diet, let's, I mean, if you're, if, if you go fall off track from Sunday, from Sunday night or excuse me, Thursday night until Sunday, that's really only a 68 to 70 ish percent of the time that you're doing well, even less, like it could even be less than that. It could be as low as 60%. Well, that's, that's sorry to say like, that's a D to an F in school. Like maybe a C minus, like you might be getting a C minus out of that. If that's the case, that's why you're not achieving what you are. And we have to be truthful with ourselves. Again, this is not meant to make you feel bad, but you have to be truthful with the fact is, are you actually putting in the dedication that you are? I've talked about this before, but I used to scale with the members that if you were to rate yourself from one to 10, one is you are not doing crap right now towards your goal. 10 being you are literally surrounding your life around that goal. Like your whole life is dedicated to that goal other than, you know, you have to work and stuff like that. But so like a 10 out of 10 is you are working out four to five times a week. You are getting in your steps every day. You are mentally training yourself by meditating and or doing something to disconnect yourself and unplug yourself. You are eating properly, you know, like four to five meals a day healthy, wholesome meals every single day, the entire week. If, you know, and you are doing everything you pot, do your due diligence every way you possibly can. If you're doing that, you're a 10 out of 10. If you're not doing that, you're, I'm sorry, you are not a 10 out of 10. Oh, and you're sleeping. Excuse me. That was the other one. If you're and you're sleeping at least seven to eight hours a, a night. If you are not doing that, you are not a 10 out of 10. I'm not saying you have to be a 10 out of 10, but for every point away from that 10, you have to be honest of why you are not where you need to be. So again, be truthful with your dedication. So just to revisit those three, um, you know, be proactive versus reactive. Don't be entitled, you know, understand you're not the center of the universe and be truthful with how dedicated you truly are. If you do that, you will not only improve your health, but there's a good chance you won't get stuck in that traffic. And if you do get stuck in that traffic, you won't have that road rage. You'll realize that it's all part of the day. It's making you a better and stronger person if you choose to not let it affect you. Thank you so much, guys. This is Dr. Tyler here at the Healthy, Fit, and Pain-Free podcast. Healthy, Fit, and Pain-Free is brought to you by Inner Strength. We are a full-spectrum health coaching uh, facilitator located at 203 Hershinger Road here in Coriopolis, actually Robinson, um, Pennsylvania, on the west side of 
Pittsburgh. We are also the Western location for case-specific nutrition. Uh, they bring to you both the diet, the sports, all things diet by trained and awesome dietitians. If you'd like to uh, reach out to us, please visit our website at innerstrengthpgh.com. You can also reach me at doctor, that is dr. Period Tyler underscore Bordick on Instagram and Facebook. Otherwise, please like and share this podcast with those you think it would be beneficial. Again, watch that road rage. Love you guys. Have a fantastic day.